2: Created by the old
1: We'll do some more singing in a few minutes. Now let's get back to our continuing Bible story from the Bible in Living Sound.
3: When the people of Israel had mourned 30 days over the death of Aaron, King Arad, the Canaanite, fought against them and took many prisoners. We can never defeat King Arad alone, O oh God. So be with us, help us, give us victory over King Arad's army. If thou wilt indeed deliver King Arad and his people into our hand, then we will utterly destroy their cities. And the Lord hearkened to the voice of Israel. And they defeated King Arad in battle and destroyed his cities. And they called the name of the place Horma. And because the king of Edom had refused to give the people of Israel passage through his land, they circled around Edom by the way of the Red Sea, and the soul of the people was much discouraged.
2: Oh, I've grown so weary of traveling. Will we ever have a permanent place to settle down instead of these miserable campsites?
4: We're all eager to have done with this life of endless hardship, wandering, exhaustion. The misery of hunger and thirst. Without a doubt, God has forsaken us. Our mothers and fathers were brought out of Egypt only to wander aimlessly for the rest of their lives. And now we, we are forced to accept their punishment. Moses should be punished, not us. He has brought us nothing but sorrow. But
2: he did save us from the armies of Edom. By leading us around their land, he obeyed the warning of their king and prevented much slaughter.
4: If we'd fought the king of Edom and won the battle, as I know we could, the people of Israel would soon begin to realize that we don't need the advice of Moses at all. And that's what he's afraid of. I know there are others who are beginning to feel as we do.
2: Then why don't we do something about it? Uh, We would.
4: (gasps) A snake! Here, quick, give me my sword. Ah. There, it's dead.
2: There's another. An, another! another. Where they oh. from? Hey. Oh. all oh. From oh. your lives. Oh. We've been beset oh. by serpents.
3: And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people of Israel, and the people were bitten, and many of them died. Therefore the
4: people came unto Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against thee. Pray unto the Lord, that he may take the serpents from us.
3: Moses prayed for the people and the angel of the Lord answered
4: Make thee a fiery serpent of brass and set it upon a pole and it shall come to pass that every one that is bitten when he looketh upon it shall live see There is the serpent of brass that Moses made. He says that all who are bitten need only to look upon the serpent, and they will be cured. Do you
3: think it can really heal those who are dying from the serpent's bites? Well, I have not yet seen this
4: happen, but I believe it to be true.
2: Where does this brass serpent get its power, Ahab? Well, the
4: serpent itself has no power. What? It is just molded brass. Oh. But when the afflicted person looks at it, he is reaffirming his faith in the Lord, and the Lord God heals him.
2: been a tragic day for Israel, Ahab. I wonder if those who are bitten can really be healed just by, by looking at the serpent of brass, as Moses says.
4: The power of the Lord is great. Moses could be right. But then he is getting old. Oh, I know. Maybe his mind imagines what he has told us to be true.
2: Yes, that must be it. Where's Shebna, Ahab?
4: Shebna?
1: Yes, Father?
4: What are you doing in the back of that tent?
1: I'm looking...
2: Thanks! Oh.
1: <gasps> Mother!
2: Father! Ahab! Ahab, there's a serpent around her arm! Oh, Lord, protect her! Ahab! Ahab! Ahab. I've killed it. Ahab, she, she's hardly breathing! She, she's
1: dying! Quickly!
4: We must carry her to the serpent of brass!
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, hurry, Ahab! Hurry, we must let her look at the serpent of brass! <laughs> Ahab, Ahab, she she closed her eyes. She can't see the serpent. Shabna,
4: my darling, open your eyes.
2: She has to see the serpent. We've
3: got to make her look, Ahab, we've got
4: to. It's not in our power, Sharon. She's not moving at all. (laughs) Oh, Lord, if thou findest it in thy heart, Please save our daughter from death She's so young Let her see the serpent of brass That she might live
1: Father, father What a beautiful serpent Moses made Shep- Shepner
2: Your eyes are open oh, Ahab, Ahab Shepner She's seen the serpent She's she's healed now She, she won't die Oh, the the Lord is truly great.
3: <laughs> and it came to pass that if a serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld a serpent of brass, he lived. And the children of Israel set forward and pitched their tents in Oboth.
1: We'll continue the Bible story tomorrow, and if you would like to have these stories to listen to at home, You can call the Bible in Living Sound at 1-800-634-0234. That's 1-800-634-0234. Now here's some more music before we have to say goodbye.
5: Hi, Mariam. Did you come to visit your old grandmother? Oh, Grandma, you're not old. You're just very mature. (laughs) Sounds like something your daddy would say. So tell me, sweet granddaughter, why did you come to sit on my porch on this lovely spring evening?
1: Actually, I'm here to talk to you about what it's like to be you. My teacher at school wants us to find some interesting characters in our town and ask them about life.
5: Well, I'm flattered to be considered interesting. Okay, question one. What was your greatest achievement in life? That's easy. My son, your daddy, he grew up to be a fine man. Dad, he's your greatest achievement? Yep, and fruit salad. People really like my fruit salad. Fruit salad. Okay. Question two. If you could live your life again, what would you do different? Hmm. That's a tough one. Probably some would say, I don't want to make the same mistakes. But it's our mistakes that teach us the most. So I wouldn't change that. And I'd spend more time praising and less time complaining. What do you mean? I'd spend more time thanking God for my blessings and less time complaining to him about my problems. Most of our problems are the result of our making bad choices. So why complain to God because we messed up? Thanks, Grandma. You know what? You are an interesting person.
3: Jesus wants to be our friend. He has placed in our hearts a desire to share our deepest secrets and brightest hopes with him. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists.
6: Hi, boys and girls. This is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Chapter 3, Stories Around the Campfire. The sun was almost down to the treetops when Jake and Jeff pulled the raft up to a wide sand and pebble beach. Here's where we camp tonight, Jake announced. Everybody help unload and set up camp. Then you can look around a bit. Just don't leave the clearing without telling me first. If any one of you is going to get eaten by bears, I want some warning first. Sammy shuddered. The bears? Are bears really around here? Diddy he asked. Yeah. Are there bears? Chris joined in the questioning. Have you really seen one? Well, tell you what, Jake replied. Around the campfire tonight, I'll tell you about the time I came face-to-face with Bonzo. Is Bonzo a bear? Sammy asked. How did you know his name? Dee Dee asked. Jake only smiled, stroked his beard, and then handed the kids another load from the raft. Later, while Jeff was showing the shoebox kids how to pitch their pup tents, Jake came over to check the progress. Do you know why they're called pup tents? he asked. Willie was sitting on the ground pounding in a stake. Why? he asked. "'Because they aren't big enough for a dog,' Jake said, chuckling at his own joke. "'They really are small,' Chris said. "'Jeff says we sleep two to a tent, and they're barely two sleeping bags wide, "'and I'm taller than the tents are.' "'Well, they aren't made to live in,' Jake replied, "'but they're as big as they need to be.' "'Dede called to Jake. "'Is it okay if Maria, Jenny, and I all sleep in one tent if we can fit?' "'Yep, if you don't snore too loud.' Sammy had been standing still for a while, facing the woods. Now he turned to Jake and said, Mr. Jake, something's been watching us. I'm sure I saw something big moving through the bushes back there under the trees. Maybe it's a deer or a bear, Chris volunteered. Is it there now, Jake asked, squinting his eyes to look into the dark woods. I don't see anything. No, but I know something was there, Sammy said. Half an hour later, Jeff hollered that supper was ready, so everyone trooped over to a makeshift table Jake had set up on the beach. For a while, they forgot about what Sammy had seen. After supper, the shoebox kids searched the area for pieces of wood to build up the fire. Later, when they were all seated around a roaring fire, Willie started singing, I have the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. The others joined in, and for a while, they sang many songs about Jesus and heaven. How about everyone saying a favorite Bible verse, Maria suggested. Mine is John fourteen fifteen. If you love me, you will do the things I command. What if I forgot where mine's found, Jenny asked. Just say the verse and maybe we can help you with the text, Mrs. Hsu suggested. Can I be next, Willie asked eagerly. The Lord saves those who fear him. His angel camps around them. The kids chuckled and then grew quiet. Maria guessed they were all remembering the time Willie and his grandfather needed help when they were stuck in the bottom of a deep canyon. As the others took turns sharing their favorite verses, Dee Dee sat thinking. When it was her turn, she said, Mine's found in Mark 11 something. I can't remember what verse, but it's an important text. Then she looked straight at Maria who was sitting beside her. When you are praying and you remember that you are angry with another person about something, then forgive him. If you do this, then your Father in Heaven will also forgive your sins. Maria opened her mouth to speak, then clamped it shut. A lump rose in her throat, and she felt hot. Finally, she gulped and whispered to Didi, That wasn't very nice. People shouldn't use the Bible to make other people feel bad. Besides, you don't know why I feel so bad. Anybody want to roast marshmallows? Jeff asked, holding up a bag. In the confusion and laughter of everyone getting roasting forks and marshmallows, Didi leaned over to Maria. "'I'm sorry.' "'It's okay,' Maria said. Then she turned her back. "'But what's the matter?' Didi insisted. "'Nothing,' Maria muttered. Finally, she turned back around. She glanced at Didi and then looked down at her shoes. "'I don't feel like talking about it right now.' Suddenly, Sammy called out, "'Tell us about Bonzo, Mr. Jake!' The others chimed in. Yes, yes. Please, Mr. Jake, right on. Well, now, I don't suppose there'd be a better time, Jake said. So get yourself settled and don't look behind you. It was about ten years ago. I was living alone up in the woods in the teeniest cabin you can imagine. Why, that cabin was so small I could only take off one shoe at a time. It was coming on winter and getting a mite cold. I'd stacked a good pile of firewood right outside my door. One night, when my wood box was nearly empty, I opened the door and stuck my hand around to grab some wood. Jake slowly reached out his arm toward Dee Dee, then pulled it back with a jerk. What I touched wasn't hard and splintery, it was furry and warm. I slammed the door and grabbed my flashlight. I shined it out the window, but my window was small, so I couldn't see anything. "'I peeked out the door, then I stuck my head out. "'I could see something big and black on my woodpile. "'I couldn't see a head, only a bunch of fur. "'Now, I had me a problem. "'If I pulled a stick from the woodpile, "'it might disturb the creature, "'and then maybe it would eat me. "'I figured it was a black bear. "'What else could it be? "'It was about as big as the biggest dog you can imagine. "'Bears around here are about this high,' he said, "'holding his hand about three feet off the ground.' The kids shuddered with delight. Looking at it, I decided I'd just use more blankets to keep warm that night. During the night, I heard it moving around, snuffing at my window, knocking wood off the pile. Near morning, it left. During the day, I picked up the chunks of wood it had knocked off and made a big pile of wood inside just in case it came back. That evening, sure enough, I heard something climbing onto the wood pile again. There wasn't any snow yet, but it was raining a bit, so I figured the bear liked the dry place between the woodpile and the roof overhang. Well, he come back so often I figured we were friends, so I called him Bonzo. In the daytime, I kept a careful eye out when I was outside. You see, I didn't want old Bonzo coming up to give me a bear hug. A small bear can still have claws big enough to rearrange your face. I figured Bonzo would be hibernating soon, and then I could go outside again at night. But Bonzo kept coming, and winter kept coming, too. Something seemed kind of fishy to me. This bear should be in a den, maybe with its mama sleeping away the winter. The kids were barely breathing. So I decided to try scaring him off. That night, I waited until Bonzo was sleeping. I took a chunk of wood and beat on the cabin wall. Bonzo must have thought his end had come. He jumped around so much that the whole woodpile fell over. Then he ran off into the woods. It was so dark that I still didn't get a good look at him. Well, the next day I cleaned up the mess Bonzo made and waited for him to come back. But it was three nights before he came back. I heard him sniffing around my window. I shined my flashlight through the glass. I could see a big black woolly head with a tongue a mile long hanging out of its mouth. When he saw me looking at him, he pawed at the window and let out a loud... Jenny jumped up and flung herself on Mrs. Shue. She pointed a trembling arm toward the bushes that were just dark shadows in the firelight. Mrs. Shue pulled Jenny close, then eased her to the ground. "'What's wrong, Jenny?' "'I heard it, too,' Sammy said in a tense voice. "'Something is moving in the trees behind us.' "'There it goes again,' Chris said, trying not to sound scared. "'What is it, Mr. Jake?' "'Well now,' Jake drawled, "'I have me a suspicion.' With that, he turned toward where the sound had come, cupped his hands around his mouth and called out, "'Bonzo! Bonzo! "'Are you playing games with these young'uns?' The kids looked at Jake, then toward the sounds of crackling underbrush. Something was coming, in a hurry. The kids moved closer to each other and to the shoes. It's coming, Willie hollered. The shoebox kid screamed as a big black animal hurled itself out of the bushes. In one long leap, it hit Jake in the chest and knocked him to the ground.
5: The story you've heard today is a chapter of The Shoebox Kids, Book 11, Rattlesnake River Adventure, written by Sandy Zog, edited and created by Jerry D. Thomas, and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955.